0: Dave Gentry, C.W. Greer on DWS, and local attorney Steve Beckett with us this morning. Steve, how are you, sir? I'm
1: good. I was intimidated. I usually don't sit down to a hot mic. <laughs> well, I'm always I am just want, want to you say to something s- stupid. I just want you to see how it's done. Yes, sometimes. I see. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Nice to see you,
1: Steve. Good to see you guys.
0: Boy, that uh, building in Florida, they've really got their work cut kind of out
1: for them, don't they? Uh, just just incredible. It, yeah. uh, almost impossible for us to understand how that could happen. Well, no? it
0: sounds like the way they were talking yesterday, and I, I don't know how much of this is true or not, but it sounds like a sinkhole was involved mm-hmm. with it. And that's, knowing Florida real estate, that's possible, I assume. Of
1: course. They, I believe they said this was reclaimed land. Is that right? Right. Okay. This okay. was reclaimed land. So something else had been there before. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, they processed it 40 years ago. They built this, et cetera. So uh, engineering marvel, that could have been the career I went off on. I remember being a freshman, seeing the film of the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Uh, remember yeah, that? Yeah, I sure do. Okay. And so th- this is this same sort of thing. And then so after the fact, you go in and, and you examine all of the physics and the chemistry and everything that's involved, and hopefully something uh, positive for building safety uh, comes out of it, but for the people who uh, live there and I guess I heard this morning just in passing that it might have been like an airbnb where people you know would rent mm-hmm. come, you know vacation come and rent uh, for portions of the year that sort of thing that that's kind of frightening too mm-hmm.
0: so, It really is. And Rudy Giuliani got his See, law license kicked yesterday. I didn't even know I, yes, I was it. gonna ask you about well, that. Well I actually
1: uh, I actually read the order. Okay. I did. Because this is um, it's at the crossroads of many things uh that I'm that I'm involved with and of course I follow the politics. But sure. also um you know, we had the cheerleader case this week, that's First Amendment. And you've got uh, you know, a lawyer's first amendment rights. And so this national group that I belong to um, has uh, you know this email string and it's just going hot and, and heavy. Um, you know, an individual citizen who's, who repeated the things about the election similar to what Rudy had done would be free to do so and the marketplace of ideas would take care of the truth or falsity of the sure. things that mm-hmm. you say. Mm-hmm. But Rudy's a lawyer. And so as a professional, we have standards that we must meet Uh, to uh, enhance not only the court system, but society in general, you know, and this goes all the way back to Lincoln. If you remember Lincoln's uh, comments on the practice of law, there's a common feeling that lawyers are dishonest and we should do all we can, you know, to, to prevent that common feeling and in all respects, lawyers should be honest. And this order literally goes state by state, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Arizona and the things that Rudy said, which I didn't—I mean, I hadn't paid that close of attention. The things he he said that Joe Frazier voted three times after he was (laughs) dead, and that's not true. It's demonstratively not true. Right? He said eight thousand dead people voted in Pennsylvania. That's just—that's not true. It's demonstratively not true. He also said that there were only one point eight million mail-in ballots. Mailed out and 2.5 million mail-in votes. That's not true. It was more like 3.6 ballots mailed out, and Uh you know, Mm -hmm. 2.45, you know, voted. And so that was demonstratively not true. And so where do you get to? Where do you cross the line by talking in hyperbole Mm -hmm. uh, and and exaggeration? So uh, it's an interesting issue. Uh, Yesterday's ruling isn't obviously isn't the end of it. It's just the beginning. Mm
0: But Rudy Giuliani, do you think he's got a screw loose these days? I mean, I, I, he doesn't seem to be the same guy he was 20 years ago.
1: Right, he isn't America's mayor anymore. Yeah, that's right. the deal. Yeah. During 9-11, right. he really... He, he's, a, he's a case study in how you can uh, ruin your reputation from uh, a respected leader to a joke, mm-hmm. to a joke. Oof.
0: And just in doing work for Donald Trump and campaigning for him and everything else way it seems i mean it just seems like he would get out there and say anything it, or everything and it eventually came back to haunt him.
1: He had he had an undivided unquestioned loyalty to his client. Yeah. Amazing.
0: That really is wild. So we've seen that going on uh Biden announces a bipartisan agreement on infrastructure and I looked at that and I thought, well gee, that's great. And then I started reading more of it and I went, wait a
1: minute. Well, that aspect of it, it looks that the infrastructure part appears to be bipartisan, but then you go with strings attached. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I'm like, wait a minute, you can't say that. Right, so it's bipartisan to a point, but then it's really not bipartisan because I think each side is thinking there's something else that's going to happen to make this deal go through that's attractive to... You know, to my side of the mm-hmm. the equation. So, um, if it happens, uh, God bless him. He finally got something done that none of us would have ever believed uh, could have happened in this day and age at uh, at Congress. It's sort of like the you know we we're talking about the NCAA the other day with uh, with Brian, and one of the suggested remedies in the court's opinion is that they must turn to Congress for a solution. <laughs> I, just, I, just, yeah. I laughed out loud when I, when I read that. Yeah, right. that's right. That's what we all want to do is turn yeah, exactly. to Congress for a solution.
0: <laughs> Let, first, let's start an investigation. <laughs> yeah, right. And then we'll see what else we can do. Appoint a committee and right on down the line. No doubt. Mm-hmm. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced yesterday that the House will create a select committee to examine the January 6th attack. Do you think after the Senate has done their investigation that this is going to make any difference at
1: all? Well, um, there, uh, there obviously needs to be a, an investigation. I would have much rather that it be a bipartisan commission mm-hmm. similar to the Watergate Select yeah, yeah. Committee that mm-hmm. you know that sure. that showed how something really could work. Uh, I'd much rather see that. This this has the aura of partisanship to it. Um, so, who knows uh, I, last time I was on, I said there has to be an investigation we yeah. We have to come to grips with how this happened and what we need to do to make sure that it never happens again um, I think that's- congress does have a responsibility to do that um it sure would be great if it was done in a nonpartisan way.
0: You know, we thought things were so messed up back when President Nixon was in office.
1: We were wrong, Dave. We were, because
0: <laughs> everything worked like it should have back in those days. It didn't seem like it at the time when it was all going on. but And President it, Nixon seems like a Boy Scout compared to some of the stuff we've seen over uh, the absolutely. last few
1: years. Absolutely. Um, but remember that there were things that happened within the Department of Justice under Nixon, uh, L. Patrick Gray, and, and others. Um, and if it hadn't been for, you know, the guy like Deep Throat, um, yeah. they, gotten, they maybe would have gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, there are some parallels.
0: Are those the lessons we've learned from it, though? How to do it better? How to do it better. Yeah.
1: yeah I mean, that's that, what it seems that's like. Fr- that is frightful, but it's probably true. Wow.
0: The eviction moratorium extended one month for the last time, they say.
1: It would be horrible to, uh, I mean, I have to look at it from both sides. Sure. It would be horrible to be a landlord, mm-hmm. uh, to lose your income stream, and be expected to maintain the property and do all the things that you're supposed to do, pay your real estate taxes, et cetera. It, it would be horrible to be a tenant and not have no income mm-hmm. um, uh, out of this uh, pandemic uh, uh, There haven't been bright-line answers, I think.
0: Yeah. Biden's sister and longtime advisor gets a book deal.
1: Everybody's getting book deals like that. You got one coming out? Uh, No, I don't. I think I'm I'm beyond my book deals. (laughs) You probably wouldn't want to read the book that I wrote, so that's okay. Now, that's wrong.
0: I would be fascinated by your book. I I really would.
1: Yeah, if you want to. If you want to analyze uh, cases and statutes, you would be fascinated, but I seriously doubt that you want to do that.
0: <laughs> okay. Anything new with the uh, Lincoln Library?
1: Uh, on July 21st, um, I get to, in person, meet Christina Schutt, the new executive uh, director. I'm I'm excited uh, about that. Um, I'm hopeful that she'll lead us in a good and positive uh, direction. I I hope that the divorce with the foundation somehow gets solved and the irreconcilable differences uh, go away and we get our oars in the water and we're all headed towards Lincoln in the same direction. Now,
0: you were one of the ones pushing for that to begin with, weren't you? I was
1: one of of the ones pushing for the independence of the uh, Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum as an agency away from the Historic Preservation Agency and i i just saw this competition um and bureaucracy that had run amuck uh but i was i have also been critical of the foundation because it seemed to me that they had no accountability and they used the glory of Abraham Lincoln as a great uh, fundraiser uh but very little of it trickled down for the benefit of the library and museum uh that's what led to the divorce and uh, they refused to come to the table and sit and discuss that with us
0: did we ever figure out who owned that darn hat um
1: uh, no we didn't and i'm on the (laughs) i am on the committee that is examining it as a matter of fact you know that's one of the issues that showed the breakdown sure uh the irreconcilable differences because we had our view that you needed to find an answer, right or wrong. And even if, if the answer was, quote, wrong, it isn't Abraham Lincoln's hat. At least you know it, and you know you got bilked. Let's never do that sure. again. But there was, uh, we were met with resistance by the foundation who wanted to control the search process and perhaps even the, the, the final pronouncement and the the way the message was coming out. So I still have my fingers crossed that we'll get the answer to that question. Um I have my doubts that it will truly have been Abraham Lincoln's hat.
0: But we just don't know for sure, do we? All right, Steve Beckett, thank you for your time this morning. we always appreciate. great to see you guys. All right. Good to we, see you. We got more coming up on DWS.